You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson, and I'm so happy that you joined me today for another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. Uh, and welcome back to all the connoisseurs who are our uh, our guests, our, our frequent listeners, those that have become a part of this family. And if this is your first time, we would like to welcome you into the connoisseurship. I'm sure that is not a word. And the person that is uh, going to be a part of this uh, podcast today is probably just shaking her head saying that word does not exist in the library, but it's okay because we we just like to uh, push the boundaries here on all things fine and gentry and just go from there. So we're going to dig right into it, guys. You all know we are in the middle of our Superwoman series, which has been awesome. Uh, have had an opportunity to talk to so many dynamic women. Uh, just last week, got to have a great conversation with my mom. Hope you all enjoyed that one as well. Um, you got allowed for me to kind of challenge her a little bit. You know, you don't get to challenge your mom too often. So that was a good opportunity to kind of dig in there a little bit there. But all right, this week we are <clears throat> back at it again. And I have a, a, a great guest here who actually is not a uh, a stranger to all things fine and gentry. She has actually spoken with us before as we started off this year. Uh, and so, um, you know, a lot of times, like if this was a late night comedy, you say, you know, my next guest needs no introduction. Um, but uh, some of you all may not have listened to the previous uh, one. So I guess there still is an introduction. But we have on the podcast today, Tia Cole. Welcome back. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said. Tia graced us with her presence earlier this year <clears throat> as we were kicking off our, um, we'll call it season two or really uh, you know 2021. And she talked about putting our plan to paper. And we really talked about digging into the mind of Tia Cole and how she thinks and everything like that. But we gave a little Easter egg there. Now, Easter egg, I learned that from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that every movie, they drop a little Easter egg there. Uh, I guess a lot of uh, sports or not sports, but movie franchises do that. But <clears throat> as a part of that, she uh, we, we talked a little bit about her her own company, Colab, and said, hey, we will not dig all the way into that because we knew where we, we would be having her back. So uh, we're going to dig right into there. But Tia, just in case those that are listening today. Uh, did not do the recommended practice of listening to the previous uh, episode. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Uh, where you live now? What you do now? And then we'll just kind of get right into it. Sure. So I am from Omaha, Nebraska, uh, and I now am living in Fort Worth, Texas. 
and what I do now is I teach and I run this business called the Collab, and I actually also have a nonprofit called Collaborate. So Boom. I basically do all the things. I do all the things. All the things she does. All right. So how did you get into education? Like, I mean, it's for me, it's very interesting hearing people's story of how they decided, you know, that, hey, I wanted to educate. Right. And there's so many different levels of education. Right. It's primary, secondary, post-secondary, all these other types of things. But, you know, was your story, you know, like Disney side of it when I grew up, I just knew I loved kids and I had all the dolls and I just wanted to teach them everything. Or did you kind of have another piece where you said, you know, I, I, I know this is what I'm supposed to do? Uh, I, I love children, but I cannot teach them. I don't have the patience. <laughs> uh, but um, basically, it, it really started before I was even born. Mm. It, I was was born premature, and the doctor said that I was going to be special needs. And, wow. And small my entire life. And as cute as I am, I'm not small. <laughs> and I would like to think that I'm not special needs. Um, they said I was not going to be able to go to school or learn. And so my mom encouraged me as a child to just be normal. And she put me in, you know, Head Start programs and different opportunities to make sure that I had a great uh, foundation. And it really sparked a joy for the um empowering side of just being a learner to know things and then the power that that gives you and so as I grew up I was that nerd who mm. got straight in who stayed in at recess to help teach the great papers who forced my brothers and cousins to play school with me and I was always wanting to not only have that experience of learning, but to also then give that experience to others. And so as I developed, I learned that I don't have the patience to work with small children because there's too much snot. Like I can love on a baby all day, but in the classroom, I can't do the snot. So I settled on high school, which is where I started. And then after teaching high school, I, I knew I was going to get a master's degree. I knew I was going to end up teaching college. I thought I would teach high school longer, but the politics and red tape of high school and standardized testing, I mm -hmm. felt like I was not able to be as effective as I wanted to be. Um, and whereas my students did great, I just couldn't live with it. And so I went ahead and got my master's degree and started teaching at the collegiate level. You just dropped a lot in the last two minutes here. <laughs> I just want to go back, right? <clears throat> the power of a parent not listening to what doctors or uh, so-called professionals might say, right? Because your mom could have resigned to the fact saying, well, they said that she wasn't going to be much of anything. So I'm not, you know, and then have late would have been, you know, could have labeled you by just saying she's special needs. You know, I'll just put them right, put her right into a special needs class or something like that versus taking the opposite approach and saying, OK, well, I'm going to defy the odds. I'm going to train you up and give you all those things. That right there is a powerful testimony to you. I don't think as long as I've known you, I've never known that story, which is awesome. So even if a person stopped right here on whatever minute this will be as a podcast gets edited, that's a a superwoman lesson right there in itself. And so. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right. Secondly, really, like everything else but the snot, you just can't deal with the snot. 
You know what? It's the snot is a symbol for it's literally <laughs> snot, but it is also a symbol just for the maturity level. Yeah, yeah. And so knowing my patients, I love to be able to have intellectual conversations and to work with people on that sort of critical thinking, mm. sort of exploring, synthesizing type of landscape. And so not that little kids don't have all kinds of innovative ideas and they're not amazing, but I, the content that I love yeah, and the topics that I love, those controversial topics, those, you know, things that um, kind of prepare people for the life that they live in or help them to better be suited for the life that they're going to live in as adults. That's where I find my sweet spot. That's so good. yes, literally snot, but also symbolically snot. Although some adults come with snot. So there's that. <laughs> That's good though. Like, I love it that you're saying, Hey, one, I know me. I know what what drives me, what gives me energy and saying, hey, that's what I'm going to pursue. That's what I'm going to to dive further into. And I think oftentimes a lot of us don't we don't know what we don't like, if that makes sense. Right. We spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time just doing things, but we don't necessarily know explicitly or definitively. I don't like this. Therefore, I'm just not going to do it. Right. And there's nothing against that. Right. But being able to know your lane, know your speed has its own level of just uh, uh, awareness um, within that process. So that's that's pretty cool. All right. So you get to the collegiate level and you're you're teaching and engaging. But then you say that's not it. Like <laughs> so. So you so you I mean, if, if we take what you just said, right, you wanted to get into this opportunity where you're exchanging ideas, symbiotic you know, relationships and all these types of things and and all of that. And you could have decided just to go, you know, a tenure track or get a PhD and do all these other things, but you decided to veer veer right uh, at the fork in the road. So what what brought you into saying, I actually want to do my own thing here on the profit and nonprofit side? And what came first? Uh, the for-profit came first. Uh, essentially, what happened was as I started to further refine, because education for me is an unparalleled equalizer. Mm. It provides opportunity. It's always inherently valuable. It cannot be taken from you, right? It's how you leverage it that makes it powerful for you. So for me, education creates choice. And as I see the choices that I have, I think about what is going to make me not only the happiest, but also living the most squarely planted in my God-given purpose. And for me, my purpose is to develop people and to develop programs. Those are my sweet spots. And I work best with people who want to work with me. So teaching college, you get the people that show up who want a degree, but maybe sometimes don't know what it takes to get it. Mm. And so you constantly are battling against all kinds of attitudes and barriers in order to help someone else reach the goal that they said that they have established. In my business, and I'll tell you how that started in a second, but in my business, I have the absolute luxury and privilege of working with people who have decided that they want to do something and are ready to do it. And so then now it's just up to me to help facilitate that growth and that progress. And so for me, it's so much more um, enjoyable Mm. to be able to work with people and then to watch them win and to help them to get there. So how it started, um, I was 
consistently call, I've always been consistently called upon to sort of lead, organize, sort of synthesize things for people to create something out of their vision. I have a, a skill or, or a gift in that I can listen to someone and, and translate it into something tangible. Mm. And so doing that, I wanted to also figure out how can I get engaged? As I said, I'm from Nebraska. I've been here in this part of Texas since 2013. And so I wanted to get engaged. And so I signed up for a leadership program through the Fort Worth Metropolitan Black Chamber of Commerce called Past Forward. Mm. And in that program, I met my mentor, Ms. Paulette Turner, and she was a facilitator of the program. And through that cohort, not only did I expand my network, but I started to see like, I want to be her when I grow up. Mm. Right. And so, you know, working with other leaders, like, you know, I love English, I love literature, but sometimes it gets old talking about thesis statements, but working with people and helping them find their path, their dream, their purpose, and, and, and holding them accountable to that comes with so much dynamic. It's changing all the time. You can't get bored with it. It's exciting. And so after that year in 2015, the uh, Miss Paulette moved on. And so she was no longer going to be doing pass forward. And so the program, the chamber came out and said, we're looking for someone who can take over. So they put out a um, request for proposals. I applied. I talked to Ms. Paulette and asked her, do you think I'd be a good fit? Do you, you know, do I have your blessing essentially? And she gave it. And so I was offered the position and I took over that program. When I was offered the position, they said, hey, so we're going to draft up an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, mm -hmm. basically a contract. You can put your business name on the contract. <laughs> I said, oh, <laughs> business. Okay, well better come up with a name for this business that doesn't exist. So I came up with a name, the collab, and that's where the collab was born. And it's, you know, of course my last name is Cole, but collaborate yeah. a lab where you innovate, like it means so many more things. Right. So came up with the name, put it on the contract and it has been off to the races ever since. That That's pretty cool. So, um, so first, because one of my questions was, how did you come up with, you know, cold lab? It was just so in innovative. Right. So did you uh, did you know before paths that you wanted to start your own business or do this kind of on the side or did that opportunity kind of um, uh, force your your hand and not necessarily in a negative way? Right. Because it's been a positive, but kind of was a catalyst for you to say, you know, I can actually do this on the side. I always wanted to have a business. What exactly that business was or looked like, I still was not sure mm. until that moment. That's good. That's good. Um, I want to. I want to go. You. You. You kind of talk about like two women that have pushed you, right? You first talk about your mom that said, "I'm not going to mm -hmm. sit here and let you succumb to what somebody has already put a label on you before you even." were able to talk, right? Um, but what, what was her name again, Miss, uh, the lady that was over My mom, Oh, over past four was yeah. Miss Paulette. Yeah, so Miss Paulette, right? Um, I guess a question, were there any women in between the two that kind of, you know, gave you that vision of saying, hey, I'm going to do more? That's number one. And then number two, um, have you let her know, Miss Paulette, how kind of that influence has has essentially birthed what's what's here now yeah so i'll answer the second question first 
yes. I tell her every single chance I get, <laughs> every opportunity when somebody asks me, I say Miss Paulette Turner, Miss Paulette Turner, That's right? Good. Because I want her to know how impactful she has been in my life. And we're at the point now where she's like, we mentor each other, but I'm like, no, you're still Miss Paulette Turner. So yeah. if you don't know her, look her up. Um, but yes, I do share with her often um, how much she has been a catalyst for my ability to sort of do this thing that I do. And to even see that it's able to be monetized, right? Because, yeah. you know, I know what I do for people, but the fact that somebody will pay for it, that was a whole epiphany, right? So that was part of my willingness to be mm -hmm. able to uh, birth a business that, that I could see profit in. That's good. That's good. I tell you what's been very interesting, which I, I didn't necessarily have this assumption. I mean, honestly, as I stepped into this um, uh, Superwoman series, I didn't have any uh, uh, preconceived notions of people's paths and any common themes. But what has been interesting is listening to dynamic women such as yourself talk about the dynamic women in their lives that have essentially have created this um uh this this cycle right this virtuous cycle of hey you know a woman challenged me or a woman um, elevated me or a woman supported me a woman affirmed me or a woman doubted me not necessarily in a negative mm -hmm. way but then you know didn't necessarily give me that extra boom and push it from there. I mean, I'll be honest, if I did have a preconceived notion, it would have been that there would have been a similar theme of, you know, y'all men are crazy and I'm just going, you know, forget y'all, I'm going to do it by myself. Um, but it's been pretty awesome to hear kind of the stories of how women have encouraged each and every one of you all. And I think that's that's been a, a pretty cool kind of common theme that that I hope those that are listening will, will, will take with them. So, all right. All right. So you, you have the, you got this MOU. You said, I need to come up with a pretty cool name. You come up with this mm -hmm. really cool name that you immediately go and then trademark. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so, so, so what was that like when you first started, right? When you first started with the past four program, et cetera, what was that like? What were some of the things that you saw, uh, either went better than you thought it would or once you were like, what in the world am I doing? And Tia Cole, you have stepped into something that you don't know what's going on. Kind of both of those sides. What are your thoughts there? That's a whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I think some of the previous uh, superwomen you've talked to have talked about that thing called imposter syndrome. Mm. It is pervading. It is just a beast. And so even from the moment I applied, I felt unqualified. Mm. And I felt like, you know what, all else fails. I have the experience of having gone through this process of interviewing for this. It gives me a feel for kind of, you know, what it is like, but I never expected to get it. And truth be told, I was a risk when they hired me. Mm. Because I found out later uh, because I was young. And they're used to someone who's much older, more experienced doing this type of thing. And so, you know, they were kind of taking a chance on me to say, is, is she going to make it or not as well? Um, I'm glad I didn't know that from the start. <laughs> but what surprised me, what still surprises, surprises me to this day is the impact that I'm able to have yeah. 
and the positive feedback, the way that people will come back and say, this changed my life, this line, this activity, this exercise we did, this commentary that you gave, this phrase that you use, this way of thinking, like that part surprises me to this day. And I, I count it all to God because literally he speaks through me yeah. most of the time to me through me because I'm stubborn. And so when I'm talking to somebody else, it's like, oh man, that was, that was probably for me too, wasn't it? But just recognizing that because imposter syndrome is so big. And, and when you really think about it, it's a, it's an important thing to think about putting something into someone else's life, speaking into their life, potentially impacting their life. Like I am literally positing myself as a person who can help somebody to win. That's a lot of responsibility. That's good. So, you know, as much as I, you know, suffer from imposter syndrome, I have to also believe in myself and my calling because I don't take it lightly. And so what I'm not going to do is speak something into somebody's life that is going to send them down the wrong path. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I have to also make sure that I am developing myself as much as I'm trying to develop others. So biggest surprise for me is just the feedback Mm. that this has changed my lives that I get so often that I'm just like, I don't even know how to, like, what do you say? I don't know how to even, it's hard for me to take compliments anyway. So I'm like, I, you're welcome. Like, I don't, <laughs> this is just what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm glad it's working. Like, thank you for confirming that it's working. <laughs> so one thing I, I had a question about, you kind of mentioned it as far as saying, you know, the responsibility, the weight of what you do. Um, how how often do you have to remind yourself that it's a, this is a, a two to tango. It's a relationship. It's a dual responsibility in this effort right now the programs that you deal with you know a lot of this are people who are wanting to better themselves anyway right so it's a you already have crossed the first barrier per se right of people you know who who are voluntarily in in some ways saying i want to do this but how often do you have to uh, release that burden per se of if somebody if you don't get the hey this changed my life or somebody isn't getting it that is not is not you, right? That that is it's a both both and type of situation. How 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 do how do you how do you weigh that out? That is a whole thing. <laughs> so I am I'm an empath. I was diagnosed, quote unquote, <laughs> a long time ago, which can create an enabler in mm. me, right? I'm a fixer. I want to fix things for people. As an executive coach, as a development specialist. I can't fix for, I can fix with, I can help you. I can facilitate. I can walk alongside you, but I can't do the work for you because then I'm not creating independence. I'm creating interdependence, which is not the same thing, which then doesn't help you to go forward and be great. I want people to not need me into perpetuity for the same thing. You can come back for new things, but for the same thing, you shouldn't need me into perpetuity. And so when I'm working with people, it's my goal to help create, self-sufficiency in whatever it is that we talk that we're talking about that we're working on we develop you know people when it comes to leadership we develop whole teams programs like we work with community members and executives the whole spectrum so we have to find them where they are yeah and then we have to figure out what their vision is not our vision so that's the key too right because i could say what i think success looks like but if that's not what it looks like for you then i'm not helping you to your dream i'm helping you to mine 
So I have to be careful in recognizing what your dream is, even if it doesn't look like mine, I gotta help you get there. Now there is a little bit of influence when it comes to if you're wanting to live below your standards, if you want a home that is not suited for human living or whatever, <laughs> you know, some, you never know. Some people are like, I can live with that. No, you can't, you deserve better, right? So we do step in on that side. But in general, it's about helping people to articulate and then set action steps for, and then accomplish their goals on the path in purpose because purpose is a state of being it's not a destination Hmm. so we're helping people in purpose live in purpose and that changes people think okay i got this one job and it's this is where i'm supposed to be maybe maybe not maybe you're supposed to be there now and in five years you're supposed to be doing something else right so purpose is never stagnant you may be called to a certain thing like i'm called to develop people into their purpose, to develop programs, to facilitate people getting into their purpose. What that looks like from time to time changes. It started in a high school classroom. It moved to a college classroom. It has now transformed into the collab. So I have to be willing to move with my purpose because I am a dynamic being and such is my purpose. That's good. That's good. There were a few things in there that I wanted to to hop back into, but then I realized that we didn't necessarily talk about legitimately what the collab is because you just dropped some good nuggets in there um purpose purpose is a state of being not a destination y'all better uh write that down and put that on the instagram quote um make sure you you at tia cole uh at the collab uh all of those things but all right so <laughs> so let, let's let's kind of talk about like legitimately not legitimately but in 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 a little more uh definition what is the collab right so we talked about your opportunity with past forward and you know what you've done there but what is the collab as as we see it today so the collab is your development destination we develop people and we develop programs which happens in four primary quadrants and then we have a bonus quadrant that's not a quadrant because that would be not a four (laughs) but we have four primary quadrants of service the first quadrant of service is um, community-based case management coaching. We are a service provider for some local nonprofit organizations. They facilitate the fundraising, the resources. We facilitate the coaching. What we find often is that nonprofit organizations, especially those that want to help people, they get into this machine of writing checks, but they're not creating independence, Mm -hmm. right? So you can help somebody with rent, you can give them food today, but they will need food again next week. So how do we help them to articulate and then set action steps for and then reach their goal for a self-sustaining, stable life for them and their family. So the principles are the same regardless if we're working with a community member that is low income or with an executive, right? So quadrant one one is community-based coaching case management. Quadrant two is group and um, one-to-one executive coaching for organizations. So an organization can reach out to us and say, we want you to do workshops or we want you to work with our team or we want you to do um, some any kind of development exercises. And we focus on leadership topics, communication, self-limiting beliefs, um, diversity and inclusion, those types of things, right? Problem solving, visioning, conflict management, organizational health, so on and so forth. And finance. So we can work with an organization who contracts with us. That's contract or that's quadrant two. Quadrant three is one, somebody could call the collab and say, I need a coach. Mm. And we sign them up to work with a coach 
to individually identify their vision of success and purpose, articulate the action steps to get there, and then hold them accountable for reaching those action steps. And then the last one is we also offer public workshops. So that would be quadrant four. And so that calendar for 2021 is actually coming out in a couple of weeks, but we offer public workshops where any average person can just sign up and attend a workshop offered by the CoLab. And again, we have the same spectrum. So wellness, um, leadership, communication, team dynamics, finance, diversity and equity and inclusion. Like those are our key uh, focus topics. So you will see public offerings. The bonus is that I'm also a curriculum writer. Nice. And so I can work with individuals to write curriculum, whether it's a program or it's actual classroom curriculum or whatever it is, I can work with them to create and retool it. I don't accept that many of those projects a year. They take a lot of time and they take away from sort of our primary four quadrants, but it's something I love to do. So I do take one or two curriculum projects a year. That's good. But by and large, our four quadrants have to do with coaching. Interesting. All right. So um, I wrote down a lot of questions here. Uh, <laughs> we might need a part two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this is good. So um, as you as you've kind of rolled these out, were there any of these quadrants that you thought would be? Uh, I mean, one, I would assume that they're not necessarily if they were like cylinders in a car. All of them aren't firing at the same time, right? They're not all, you know, the primary growth engine per se, or, or what's moving the, the, the most. Um, so the first question is, where do you see the majority of your work today in which of those quadrant or quadrants, um, do you see it? And then secondly, are you surprised by that? Or did you anticipate, Hey, I would be doing more, say for example, one-on-one coaching versus the workshops and it's been opposite. So just kind of curious about that. Uh, the short answer is that we are such a growing company that, it's changing all the time. Mm. The longer answer is that I am surprised that our case management and community-based coaching has been sort of the biggest thing on our plate right now. Um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised if I think about it, but I, I was initially surprised. Right. Um, we're excited by it. We love it. And it's helping us to actually be better for our executive clients because we're thinking about lots of other mitigating barriers and factors um, when it comes to how to help people. Uh, but that will be sort of like the biggest surprise. Um, in relation to the other aspects where I see us going is I would love to see us build Quadrant 2 more. Mm -hmm. So Quadrant 2 is really working with organizations or groups and really going in and helping them to develop productive professional development plans to include workshops and coaching services and to be able to be their go-to or their development destination, so right. to speak. So we would love to see that aspect grow more. As far as everything else, it's kind of, we're still figuring things out. We I launched in 2016. Um, really the biggest growth happened in the last year. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID has been good to the collab, unfortunately or fortunately. And so we're finding our legs and just making sure that whatever we do, we're operating in excellence. And we've also had to turn some stuff down. If it doesn't fit our mission, our vision, or our capacity, then we say, no, we do not just take your money to take your money. That's one of the, our values here. That's good. I had to write down on that. You see, I've gotten better since the last time 
that we had our, our episode, right? I'm, I'm actually Come typing on, these taking. down. I'm taking notes so I can follow up. I'm, I, I'm very happy about that. All right. So um, <clears throat> I did have a question about COVID, right? You said that, you know, COVID has, has been good to the collab. Um, why do you think that is, right? Why, why do you think that, you know, that, that there's been this, this opportunity? Is it because of the virtual world or what? What do you think has driven that type of interest? COVID provided sort of a perfect storm and COVID coupled with societal circumstances, mm. which I don't want to sort of make light of right. because all of that is important and heavy, right? So COVID and the societal circumstances collided into this perfect storm to where I'm able to work from home. We don't go back until August. So I've been working from home since last March. Wow which then freed up a lot of time, right? It gave a lot of flexibility to my schedule to be able to actually work on growing my business, to be able to have meetings. And then not only am I at home, but other people are working virtually. So whereas, you know, it could take two weeks to get a meeting. No, we can do the meeting now, or we can do the meeting in an hour because I can do back to back because I don't have to travel or because I'm not at my regular job. So the flexibility of the virtual space uh, we've got clients across the country. So being able to do workshops for a university in Nebraska was possible. Yeah. And it was even more possible because people were looking at virtual options as opposed to wanting an in-house speaker. So all of those things came together to create the time, space, and opportunity for us to leverage what we do, in addition to the fact that people were looking for development. So now they've got the time and companies are willing to put forward the dollars, yeah. especially in areas like leadership and equity and inclusion. And since those are areas we specialize in, then they're calling us to provide those services. That's good. That's good. Um, <clears throat> so you, you messed me up here because I don't know where I, where I want to go. Um, <laughs> so it's been interesting you said about turning things down. Like there's some good nuggets in here that I want People, I want to highlight for those that are listening and, you know, gleaning inside and trying to figure out how they can do better. You spoke about being able to turn things down or having the fortitude to do that. Um, ha was that a difficult uh, skill for you to develop? Um, and how have you and how do you essentially make the go no go decision? I work with a lot of consultants and essentially every time that there's an opportunity you know, an RFP out or something like that, and they put a, put a proposal, they, they go through this process of saying, go, no, go, right? Is this something we want to do or not? How do you uh, effectively weigh those decisions? And um, how have you grown that skill? Because you're a helper, you're a fixer, right? And so I know that must be difficult for you to be able to say, no, I can't versus yes, I can, even if it's to your own detriment to try to figure out how you can. That's a thing. So when it comes to my business, my values matter more than the dollars. That's good. So what have I been called to do when it comes to turning down contracts? I've been called to do a certain thing. If what you're asking me to do, I can technically do, but it doesn't fit my values. For example, we were asked to do a program um, around community and police safety and mm. relationships. And it was basically an equity inclusion program. What they wanted was what I considered a checkbox program. Mm. It was gonna say we did something. Now they were willing to pay me tens of thousands of dollars to do it, 
But for me, that's not what I'm called to do. Yeah. I'm called to impact change. And if I feel like I could do this, but it's not going to be meaningful, it's not going to have the quality, the standard of quality that I that I expect, um, that I require for the projects that we take on, for the impact that we want to have, then the answer has to be no. And I feel like for me, I'm not going to question God. Yeah. And so if he had called me to do something, I'm going to do it right because what I'm not going to do is mess it up. <laughs> if I can help it and he has so far shown out so much like I literally barely market and my business has grown it grew 300% from one year to the next wow. terrible for tax season but <laughs> but I that I don't want to mess up right I want to continue to live squarely in purpose in my sweet spot and that includes adhering to the values that have been set forth so in life, like I will do for people and I will go overboard for people, but I have always prioritized my values. I'm not going to do or enable you to live outside of what we have been called to do as people or outside of what is what is meant for um, us to live in a society that it has values. That's good. All right. So you spoke a lot about understanding your calling and knowing what you've been called to do. How? How long did it take for you to uh, be able to, one, receive it, number two, manifest it, and then three, uh, have the fortitude to kind of live it out, right? Because I think a lot of people are working through, hey, this is what I want to do, especially entrepreneurs or even folks that might be in a regular nine to five that are saying, you know, I have this feeling that I am called to something else. How was that process for you to to know that this is what you are called to do in for you to accept really submit to that right versus run away jonah belly of the well forget those cats at nineveh type stuff that's a whole thing that's the mission word i literally had to be convinced mm. uh i said earlier about like the the fact that this could be monetized right i knew that i had a gift of helping people and creating and developing. I knew that part, but what that looked like and how to move forward with it, I had to be convinced. And it literally took the people around me speaking into me. It literally took God opening doors. I firmly believe if you've been called to do something, you don't have to manipulate, lie, you know, backstab, you know, all the, you don't have to do those things to make it happen. When people say, well, I'm supposed to be doing this. Not if that's how you getting it. Like mm. God is not calling you to something and then you got to tear people down to get it. That's not how he works. Right. So when I question myself, it's like, am I questioning myself or am I actually questioning God? That's good. And I don't that's question good. God as much as I can help it. <laughs> right. So he had literally convinced me by opening doors, mm. like making everything. Yes. I'm working hard. But literally things have just been, opportunities have been falling in my lap. People will call and say, I was told I need to call Tia Cole at the collab. And I'm literally just like, how can I help you? Right? Mm -hmm. Because that has been the greatest confirmation of me being planted where I'm supposed to. And when things stop working out, then that's when we will have, well, we are always talking, but we will have another <laughs> sit down. And we will say, okay, is there something I need to know that I need to do differently, right? But until such time that things stop falling into place, then I'm just going to keep following this track because I feel like 
this is where I'm supposed to be. That's good. That's good. All right. So we talked a lot about the profit side, the for-profit side. Uh, you also mm -hmm. said that there is a non-profit side. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. And then I want to kind of talk about uh, how you actually have taken the time to grow your team. You spoke earlier about mm -hmm. actually working with people that you, that you actually want to work with and want to work with you. Uh, so I want to talk about that after uh, kind of the nonprofit side. So what is the nonprofit side and how did you determine that you wanted to do for and nonprofit? So the nonprofit side is called Collaborate, mm -hmm. C-O-L-E hyphen L-A-B-O-R-A-T-E. We are officially a 501c3. Uh, so any donation you make, it's right off the board. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it actually, again, was born out of um, a desire to give. So, so as an educator, I understand that it takes an entire village to grow a community mm. and a community being not just the kids, but the parents, the entire um, community. And that village includes not just teachers. So we know that we have, you know, back to school drives and backpack giveaways. You can hand a kid a backpack. It doesn't translate to A's in the classroom. Right. It facilitates that in part, but it doesn't directly translate. What matters actually more are the people mm. that that person founders. So back to my original story, right? So every person is born with promise. I was born with promise, but there were people who said that I didn't have the promise that I was supposed to have. Right. My mom made a decision to um, treat me like a normal child and see what God had planned for me. Similarly, every encounter a kid has, or a person, it could be an adult, has is either feeding or detracting from that promise within mm. them. Mm. And so with Collaborate, what we wanna do is we want to better resource, better equip, better develop that village, those people. So we started in um, the year before last, I did give back just out of my own pocket. A lot of people donated, you might've even donated. Um, a lot of people donated and out of my own pocket, I, we adopted a school, Fort Worth Young Women's Leadership Academy. They have a staff, at the time it was like 74 people from custodians to counselors, to principals, to secretaries, to teachers, every single employee in the building. And we just wanted to love on them. Mm. So we create baskets um, for each individual employee. So 74 or five baskets with things pertaining to what they do mm. uh, in the village. And so we created the baskets. We did a back to school party. We decorated, we got food, breakfast, gift cards, giveaways. We just did a whole thing to support them. And it was kind of like, I want to do more of this, That's good. right? Because teachers and education professionals, nonprofit professionals go unresourced and underappreciated. And so what I want to do is how do we support that group in particular? That's where the gap exists. And so in order to be able to do so more effectively and to be able to get more donations because people want to be able to write it off, <laughs> then I had to form a 501c3. And then the wonderfully beautiful people at Legal Aid of Northwest Texas, um, they donate services. And so they helped to get the bylaws and everything together and helped us to file to actually officially get our designation. So we are officially doing our first spring give back right now nice. uh, where we had some teachers get nominated last week for teacher appreciation week. And we are um, doing a campaign and the top five will get baskets from us uh, because COVID has kept us out of the schools. Mm -hmm. But uh, we want to continue to mentor and resource and support the village so that they can best support our communities. 
That's good. But what's very interesting is that um, <clears throat> you see a lot of for-profit companies and or executives, you know, end up creating a foundation or something like that much later in their process, right? Uh, for various reasons. One, I've made so much money, now I need to figure out a way to give it away or I'm feeling- I want that problem. Yeah, exactly. We all do. <laughs> um, uh, or, you know, hey, something- struck them at some time they were taking their sabbatical in Bali and they felt that, oh, I need to do something. But it's very interesting to kind of hear like, hey, kind of uh, sequentially or, um, or or in parallel, we're doing both sides of it. And I think that's that's pretty cool for for people to, to hear and to kind of process and say, look, you, you can do both at the same time. You don't you don't. Someone told me this before a while ago that you don't have to. Uh, first get rich to be a philanthropist, right? That it, it, it you can, you can start now as for, as part of give, getting and giving, uh, at the same time. So, so that's pretty cool. All right. So, you know, <clears throat> you start, you start getting these opportunities and now you need to build a team, right? And you have a team now. So how has that process been to, uh, literally share your vision? share your heart, share your, your calling, right. And say, Hey, I am, I am asking you to help carry this load with me. Um, and knowing you, you, you aren't one to necessarily, I don't say not <laughs> share, but you, you, you like things done, right. You, you just typically do it yourself. Right. So how, mm-hmm. how has that been? Uh, and, uh, and, and it's just curious. You're smiling a lot. So I know that's a, a good one. <laughs> it has been absolutely scary and torturous and amazing mm. all at the same time. I have one of the things that I believe was a part of my mission for whatever I do is that even if you're working sort of for me or with me, I want you to be better because you have been with me, yeah. right? So I believe in developing not just myself and the people that we are serving that are, or the people that were paying us, but I also believe in developing my team. Now, that said, I do have trust issues and <laughs> I do have a problem with just doing things myself because, you know, I have a certain quality standard and, you know, things that I just need taken care of a certain way. This has been an opportunity for me to grow myself and challenge myself because a vision, a purpose, a thing, God hands it to you, but it's bigger than you. Yeah. If I could do it myself, then it ain't what he handed me, Mm. right? It's what I picked. That's what y'all know. Tia over here (laughs) preaching. I'm getting real close (laughs) to the mic. Tia over here (laughs) preaching. And I hope that uh, those that are our spiritual overseers are hearing this. And Tia will be on platform sometime soon because she is dropping dimes. Amen in the back. Preach, Tia. I am. All right. I was going ahead. <laughs> if it's bigger, so, if it's if it's bigger, if it's it's, yeah. it's got to be bigger than me, right? Yeah. Because that's how God works. So in order for and I can't be a business. It is called the collab. The collab. <laughs> takes more than just Tia Cole. And so in order to have a really amazing business, I've got to trust people. And so I reached out to some people that I knew would not only have a similar quality standard as I do, but who also understood this was a growing 
ever evolving, ever changing business. We are still finding, you yeah. know, our sweet spot, right? So I needed people who were flexible and understanding who got me as a person and who could deal with the differences that exist in my personality sometimes <laughs> and who were committed to the same vision. And fortunately, God has surrounded me with people who believe not only in me, but in what I've been called to do. That's good. And so I have been so fortunate to have, you know, people, and I don't want to list my team. Yeah, I don't really you don't have to either, but, yeah. but y'all will find out because we're having a meet and greet in uh, two weeks. But anyway, <laughs> So, uh, but he surrounded me with people who I could, who specialized, who are amazing in what they do, who complement what I do and who I could trust to give pieces of this thing too. And who have contributed back because a great business doesn't just have employees. It has partners. You want people who are bought into the purpose, to the mission, to the vision, and who are contributing to it. Yes, I'm Tia Cole, but I don't have to have all the ideas. I don't have to have all of the the uh, clout or anything like that. We are here to do the work. And however we do that work is what I want to promote. And so I was able to find uh, people. And then I thought I made it. Here's when I thought I made it. When I hired people on my team that were not personally connected to me, that I did mm. not know. I put out a post. They applied. We interviewed, I accepted a couple and then rejected a couple. When I tell you, I felt like I made it because it's one thing to work with people, you know, it's a whole nother thing to hire strangers to work with you. And so that has been a really confirm again, confirming moment Hmm. in this journey of developing the collab. That's good. That's good, man. You, you, you dropped. So many great things here. I, I hear a, uh, a leadership development book coming out of this, a uh, entrepreneurship book. This is good to you. This is good. All right. So um, so what's next? Right. I mean, we, we, we working on these quadrants where we're out here in these streets. Uh, kind of what's next as we, we round out the, the last few minutes here? Where, where do you where do you see yourself going? And if it's, you know, stay tuned, I can't tell you, then that's fine as well. But what's what's next for you? What's next is more growth. Um, what's next is finding the right balance between the quadrants. Um, they each won't be equal, right. so to speak. And so just finding the right balance. Um, what's next is hiring an executive assistant. I need an assistant so bad. And so I <laughs> Put a posting out. I saw the post. We saw the post. All right. Yeah. Need to hire somebody to help me to, you know, do those things that need to be done. Um, And then just really um, trying to to have the impact that we envision in and beyond this Metroplex. So what's next is more partnerships. What's next is more communities being changed. What's next is more opportunities to serve uh, people and help them to reach their greatest potential. And down the line, there will be a collab brick and mortar building, but That's we won't talk about that today. That's what's up. Uh, but what's next is just more. That's good. That's good. Um, my last question is, do you see yourself essentially leaving his, I don't call it historical teaching, but regular teaching um, uh, completely? Or do you feel that you still want to have that connection to the classroom? I put that in quotations per se. The short answer is maybe. Mm. Um, I do want to, which I'm 
pursuing lots of opportunities to, again, work more with my colleagues and in development and that kind of thing, which is still teaching, but just a different kind. So right now I'm a traditional sort of English teacher at a college. Will I continue to do that into perpetuity? No. Um, what and where did the difference looks like still being designed, uh, but I am hoping to come back to it. So mm. I envision in my mind that when I'm old <laughs> and I don't need the job, then I'm going to go back and teach English and do it exactly how, like I do it how I want to do it now, but there's another level of freedom when you don't need the job. That's good. So I plan to go back and like really just be free and be a professor um, once I retire and have other people running my business then I want to go back or maybe do it part-time because I love it. I do love literature. I do love being in the classroom. Right now, I love working with my colleagues and developing and that kind of stuff more. Mm. And so I will always teach. Um, but what that look, what that looks like uh, may change over time. That's good. All right. So uh, how do people get in touch? People want that want to leverage the collabs resources, want to be mentored by you, all of those things. How do people get in touch? Yes, you can get in touch with me at Tia at the collab.net. That's T-I-A at T-H-E-C-O-L-E-L-A-B dot net. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at the Collab or on Instagram at the Collab or on our website, www.thecollab.net. But don't visit it right now because we're going to revamp the website and it's going to be amazing. Boom. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was awesome. She just, she's just smiling and shaking me. her head. Yes. <laughs> See? This was good. This, See? Was, this is what I needed today. Like I had a day and this is exactly what I needed today. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad I could, I could be that, uh, that opportunity today. And I hope that each and every one of you all have enjoyed this episode. Um, so many good nuggets in here from entrepreneurship to following your passion to you, even from what you dropped in the first few minutes, like, Hey, don't take a label. Right. I mean, so much good stuff here. We hope that you uh, you all take this uh, run with it um, and, and go, please. As I say every week, make sure that you like, share, uh, subscribe. And if you're on Apple, follow, uh, follow me, uh, follow all things fine and gentry. Make sure you connect with Tia. We're going to put all of her contact information in the show notes. We would love for you all to get connected with her and the team. Uh, and, and be a part. So uh, thank you all for tuning in this week and we will see you after a while.